Steam locomotives were some of the most powerful machines ever built. They pulled trains that fueled our imagination. They represented vision, collaboration, ingenuity, customer service, and extraordinary human achievement. But in order to get to their destination, it took someone guiding them through a series of switches in order to get to the main line. Just like leaders today, it takes someone directing them down the right path in order to get to their destination. Welcome to Mainline Executive Coaching ACT, which stands for and Cultural Transformation, hosted by Master Certified Intelligent Leadership Executive Coaches, Michael Bailey and Rich Barron. With over 50 years of successful cultural transformation and quantum leadership development between them. Once again, thanks for joining us and enjoy today's show. We're on. All right, let's get going here. Welcome, everybody, to our podcast today. This is going to be a very fun, a very interesting podcast that we're going to do today. This is Rich and Michael with Mainline Executive Coaching, ACT. Executive Coaching, that's what we do here, and ACT. Let's get into action. Let's get things going and cultural transformation. That's what we do. And it's going to be about both of these things today. We like to bring these things together. We are going to discuss um, more and more this MLEI, the Matone Leadership Enneagram uh, Indicator, Inventory, rather. Inventory, yep. And we want to talk about it in terms of, of, of different leadership styles. That's what we want to do. I'm going to start with one of them. In fact, it is number one here. And it's called the perfectionist. And perfectionists are very, very interesting people. Uh, you, once you know what they are you, or who they are, how they be, behave, you'll be able to identify them pretty quickly. And we're going to talk about them in terms of those perfectionists that are healthy, that are healthy, and then those that are, well, they're doing okay, and then the ones that are not so healthy. So we have a broad range about uh, who are these perfectionists that are out there. So let's start here, Rich. Um, Give us a little bit of a lowdown on the perfectionist. The perfectionist. Well, you know, it's interesting. We were just talking about some of the traits of a perfectionist. And, and as a mature leader, if a, a mature perfectionist, they're the ones that have the self-discipline, um, the functions. They have uh, very high ethical standards, uh, responsibility, you know, with a lot of focus on on being uh, conscientious of uh, their surroundings, um, very mature levels. But on the other hand, they are, you know, they're the ones that are always angry. There's always something going on with a perfectionist. And because it's their view of the world, their world has to be a perfect world all the way around them. And so a lot of times their anger is viewed as either idealism or it's zeal, but in reality, it's, you know, it's their anger. And a lot of even perfectionists don't realize that until, you know, it starts to move even further towards the, the immature side. Yeah, there's something about, they are um, a kind of moralist personality, you know, that they know the right thing to do. They know yeah. the right ways to go about doing things. Um, 
some some professions kind of lend themselves to being this perfectionist moralist. Yep. Sometimes people in the law kind of go in that. They're the, you got to get all right, got to just do this exactly perfectly. Right. And so, um, and so, so you, the anger thing is kind of interesting because there is this frustration between the world that they see and the world yep. that they think they, they should have. Exactly. This ideal world. They want everything to be perfect. They want to be perfect. They want to do everything just exactly right. And then they have, carry that expectation over to other people. So they don't always show their anger. What they do oftentimes is they suppress their anger. Right. And because of this, I've got part of their whole thing is I have to be a good person. They really believe I have to be a good person and they, they, they will strive to be a good person because they have this feeling as if I make bad choices, if I have bad behavior, that contaminates me as this person who's perfect. And then I can't be yeah. as perfect. And now I've got this conflict because I can't live up to my own ideals, but I can't admit that either. And so there's this kind of convoluted anger. Plus, then it comes out at other people. They start projecting it out. Right. So, well, in, in different ways, I, they're the ones that like to avoid conflict. They really avoid conflict. So when they project it, it's not so much, you know, as far as conflict goes, but it's projected in other ways. They're, they're, they're passive aggressives. Yes. That's they are like, well, why do you think that would be a good decision? Don't you think it'd be better if we did this? Well, why would you want to cause so many problems? Right. Why are you so selfish? Right. Why don't you think it's like it drives you freaking nuts? It really does. And so they come across kind of stodgy. They come across kind of stiff. They're interesting because you can start listening to them, the way they talk, the way they move. And again, it can be good. It can be bad, that kind of stuff. So there's, yeah. there's and I'll tell you one thing about it. If you're, if you are working with or working for a perfectionist who's really angry, I mean, but they don't necessarily show it. You just feel the tension around them. You will see they almost, they, they have, because of what they do, they suppress their anger and they will have this pallor, this white pallor to their skin. So, sometimes it even looks waxy. Because they've held it in so long, so tight, they're just wound like you know a clock, ready to bust. But there's there's this so there's some interesting things about it. Conversely, the best people, some of the best people around, are the moralists when they live a principled life, yeah. when they're honest, when they are fair, when they see you know that everybody has a choice about things, and they and they live by their own integrity. They don't force their values or their principles on other people. They are some of the most inspiring people that you can ever be around. They just seem like this person is just really good. Yeah. But inside they're seething. Well, no, the ones that are healthy <laughs> are. They're not seething. <laughs> they learn how to relax with themselves. Yeah. They learn how to back off. Their, they really have these kind of outrageous, um, impossible demands right. on themselves that they've learned how to reconcile that. Though That's just not healthy to be so wound up and so tied up up and so anxious and so angry they learn how to reconcile that so that they can because if it, again if it's if it is that 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 anger that's inside it's really being driven by something here that let's talk about this the thing that really gets them wound up here and this this fear of uh uh their basic fear their basic fear is that of becoming corrupt or evil or defective i mean what do you have it on yours what, what is their basic yeah, they're afraid of being proven wrong yeah, being proven wrong. Yeah, I mean that, that's a, that can if you if you feel like you have to be right all the time, and who is? 
Let's be honest. Right? That's, that's going to be constant fear, like any time it could be proven wrong, right? Yep. Yep. Okay. So what about, what is their basic motivation? Basic motivation is to be right, to improve the world, to control everything so there won't be any mistakes and to condemn others who don't live up to their ideals. <laughs> Can you imagine, Rich, getting up every morning and reading those words as your affirmation and as your purpose and direction for the day? With my, yeah, I'm, I'm going to condemn anybody who doesn't live up to my standards. <laughs> what a formula for misery. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's interesting. Here, here's the thing. If, if you're working with a perfectionist on a team and really a, a team, a good team works and they all understand that we're going to work and come up with a consensus. Mm -hmm. Consensus on what we're going to do. But the problem is with, with perfectionists, they can't make a decision until they're 100% convinced they're right. And so they're the ones that, they, you know, you talk about uh, analysis paralysis. They'll look at the data and they'll look at the data and they'll look at the data and look at it a little bit more. And, you know, and, and until they know they're exactly 100% right, they can't make a decision. And it's, and so worse than that. it's worse than that. And I'll tell you why mm -hmm. it's worse than that. It's not only the dilemma of the data and what the data is saying is not only that rich it's the dilemma of the moral decision so you mix the data with the moral decision of what is good or what is the goodest thing that they can do they get very wrapped up in that so they really do uh they tie themselves up in knots about it because to make a bad decision a poor decision they see it as that makes me a bad person or less good than yeah. I want to be. So, I mean, they just got themselves painted in corners all over the place. Damn if I do and damn if I don't. Just can't win. So there, there's that anger, Rich. Right. <laughs> there, it, it is. Yep. And it's they can't they can't make that decision unless. And here's the thing is that's what they feel that that decision that I'm a very reasonable, very fair person. As they see it. As they see it. They see it. Now, yeah. see, it's interesting here. They also is this, my greatest irritation. I'm right most of the time. And you know what? Oftentimes they are. Because they are smart people. They are. And they really dive into the data. It really upsets me when people don't listen to me. If they listened to me, things would have worked out better. Yep. Can you imagine carrying that weight around it? See, and there's, and there's a problem. Part of the problem is they are so connected to, as they see it, their principles and their values, they discount individuals, individuality, that people see things differently. People don't always agree. People have their own life experiences, their own values, their own principles out of which they, their own personalities. Right. So this, they can be kind of come this oppressive thing of do it my way, do it my way, do it my way, or I'm just going to shame you and guilt you into compliance. I mean, we hear some of that stuff going on now. Why don't you do that? Why are you so selfish? Why can't you think of other people? What is wrong with you? You know, <laughs> that whole kind of moral tone of I'm so right and you're so wrong and I'm morally superior and you're lucky that you're even here. That I'm allowing you. So it's a complicated thing. How does a good person genuinely be, genuinely be 
really mature and have integrity, real genuine integrity, and at the same time, respect the rights that others have. That is a hard thing for this perfectionist personality. It's really difficult. And it calls for, again, a lot of maturity to, to want to do the right thing versus the fear of doing the wrong thing. Therein lies the distinction. And it's a huge distinction because in wanting to do the right thing, you recognize you're not always going to be right. Isn't that true? Right. Oh, absolutely. So if we realize that we're going to screw up, if we're perfectionists, there's going to be times we're going to screw up, back off, give yourself a break, give yourself a breather, allow yourself to be human, because you are, you're a human being and you're going to make mistakes, and stop, and I'm telling you, they do this, and it's sad, stop insisting that you always get everything right, and that you're always, what, perfect. You're driving yourself freaking nuts. Right. Instead of telling yourself I must or I should, maybe tell yourself it would be nice to. There you go. And yeah. if you're coming out of that, Rich, what kind of culture are you creating? If you're that kind of wacky, kind of perfectionist person, how are you going to affect people around you? It depends on if you're a mature perfectionist or not. You might really drive people, drive people to really work towards a, you know, a better environment. A stronger culture of say if, say if it's a culture of quality, you know I, I can see a lot of perfectionists being you know quality people because matter of fact the more I think about it I, I know some of them like that but we see people yeah you're right you're right they're really they're very rigid they have to follow a set yeah. standard um, if they have too many decisions too many alternatives you know that's not good exactly. but if you have a set standard you know like these shall statements like the FDA or ISO or something like that, where it's very rigid. I shall do, you know, you shall do have something that talks about this in your organization. And once you got those in place, that's just how it is. Saturday night live, the church lady. Yep. There you go. <laughs> There's that person that's kind of wigged out over here a little bit over there. Right. And so what you really do with your, with your demands on yourself, which are unreasonable, you perfectionist leaders, they're unreasonable. And if you don't start seeing start seeing them logically and reasonably, you will bring those kind of demands to the culture. And what you actually do is create a culture. And you, it's kind of weird because the way, again, it goes back to there's a lot of passive aggressive behavior because they can't come out and just say it. That would not be nice. They're really nice people, right? They're good people. They're nice people. But they can't say it. So they kind of say it indirectly and everybody feels bad and feels guilty and kind of, you know, I'm going to do that now, you know, that kind of crap. And so you get in there and you start, you're going to make people in your, in your uh, culture unhappy. There's no other way to say it. They're going to feel controlled, even though you're not controlling them. They're going to feel controlled by implication. They're going to feel oppressed. They're going to feel like they can't do anything wrong. They're going to be creative. They're not going to be communicative. It really is a shutdown of the positive, you know, culture. It really, really. And, and, and see, the irony that is, is that the perfectionist means, intends to have a great culture or better yet, a good culture. But they actually get the exact opposite. If they're coming out of their own fears and doubts and worries. That's the sad thing. Yeah. So who who are some examples 
uh, perfectionists. Well, we go back. I mean, you'll be surprised some of these. Yeah. Jerry, Jerry Seinfeld, funny guy, funny guy, but he's always got these kind of moral lessons he's he's laying out there for us. Um, yeah. uh, Mary Poppins. I mean, she was a very positive influence in the story about yeah. how to be clean, you know, clean things up, be responsible. She was a little bit stiff, you know, but but she yeah. was really good at what she did. Surprisingly, Harrison Ford. Who would have known? You would think somebody, yeah. like, obviously, Mandela, you know, he would be. He's And he's one of those kind of guys. Giuliani is one of those kind of guys. Uh, Al Gore is. Jean d'Arc of France. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of people out there. Um, and, it's, and again, it, it, it's not so much whether you are that, it's a matter of whether or not you're healthy and it's, and, and, and you're really, your 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 dreams, your aspirations, your values, they all, you know, lift you up to become a better person. And the way that you'll know whether or not you're on the track of really being inspiring and helpful and really being a person of that models things is you're relaxed. You're not. Well, yeah. like a clock, you right. can relax. If you're tight and your muscles are tight and your brain's going like, you know, like this all the time and you're always looking for what's wrong or what people are doing to screw up, pretty good indicator that your anxiety, yeah. uh, I, you know, a.k.a. your immaturity is driving you rather than the other inspiring you. That would be the thing. So yeah. if you are perfectionist, what can we tell them? What can we tell them in the last couple of minutes here? we got just like a minute or two. What can we tell them to, to do to start helping out themselves? Learn to intervene uh, in the process when you start to feel that anger coming on. Learn, you know, and we can help do that. There's there's a path. There's paths that they can take. Paths for development. You know, uh, you know, develop other parts of those 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 traits that are within us. You know, learning which of those traits to develop. And it's interesting. You know, there's there's nine specific traits we, we're gonna we're gonna talk about, but every one of these traits is in every single one of us. It just some manifests more than another. Yeah. And so you know, it's learning to tap into something different. Yeah, and it is. I'm gonna tell you. If you're a perfectionist, relax, learn how to laugh more, learn how to just let it go. Yeah. Not only for everybody else, but learn how to forgive yourself. Just let it go. Realize you're not perfect, that you're a human being and go and find some joy in your life rather than thinking it's all up to you to change the whole freaking world so that it's going to be better. When yep. in fact, what you end up doing is you make it worse, sad to say, because yep. that's not your intent. Right. So, Perfectionist, you got great hope because you're such a great person, such a good person with such good intentions. Just make sure that what you're doing here is in a way that is is supportive of other people being themselves as yeah. you work within your organization to get great things done. Because you can do that. You just got to give people some room as well as yourself. That's it. Okay. I think we're done here, Rich. I, I think so, too. So just in final words of perfectionist, difference, not bad. It's just different. Maybe you remember that. So, and once again, thank you so much for joining us today on Mainline Executive Coaching ACT and uh, reach out to us. We would be more than happy to work with you and, and talk with you and, and help you down that path to becoming a successful leader. 
Mainline Executive, Mainline Leaders, I'm sorry, it's Mainline Leaders Act, ILEC.com. That's where you can find us. Yeah, and maybe we'll make you laugh, keep you relax a little bit. Yeah, yeah, just yeah, relax. <laughs> Thanks again. Take care. We'll see you soon. All right, folks, all the best. Bye bye now. With all of the issues facing leaders and organizations today, you need executive coaching more than ever. Go to our websites, richbarronexecutivecoaching.com or michaelbailey.com. You can also find us both on LinkedIn. Reach out to us and let's sit down and find out just how bright your future can be with executive coaching. We'd also like to thank all of our supporters in over 60 countries and 600 cities worldwide who have helped to make us one of the top executive coaching podcasts in the world. From Rich Barron and Michael Bailey, this is Mainline Executive Coaching ACT. Thank you and take care.